You know, one of the things the solar eclipse, remember that, reminded us is people will travel to have unique experiences, see things, and be part of events. We all saw how people congregated in areas that had the best view, the best safe view. And they all had to stay somewhere, and many used Airbnb. I want to share something with you I was once told. One of the wisest things you can do when you host an Airbnb is find events in your area and let people in that community know that your place is available for out-of-towners. Many did this with the Eclipse. You can do this as well. Your home could be an Airbnb. Seriously. It doesn't have to be your whole place. I mean, it could be. You'd be surprised what people are looking for when they travel. It's simple and it's really, really smart. You might want to think about it. You could be sitting on a whole new revenue stream. Concerts, sporting events, conferences. People are always on the move. Your home may be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.ca slash host. About, you know when we did last year, the, yeah, the, the, we did the strip and the, and the Bellagio? Yeah. We're going to do, we're doing it again. In Florida. But we don't have a strip or a Bellagio, so. We have a beach. We have a beach, but we might have something else. A boat. Welcome once again to 32 Thoughts, the podcast presented by GMC and the new Sierra AT4X. So by now, you probably know who Steve Mayer is, or at least you've heard his name. Maybe you've heard him here on the podcast. He's been on a bunch. If you haven't, he's a chief content officer and senior VP of the NHL. Essentially, he heads the NHL creative department, okay? New shows, twists and spins on established events. None of it gets unleashed until it ends up on his desk, where it usually gets the Steve Mayer treatment. Elliot and I caught up with Mayer this summer in Paris at the European Players Tour and then sat down with him last month in Vegas for the North American Players Tour. Now, this is a podcast about ideas, crossover sports, Disney, 24-hour games, and a lot about All-Star Weekend. And one thing, we'll just get it out of the way, one thing you'll notice in the interview is I ask all the good questions while Elliot really struggles as usual. Here's Steve Mayer, 32 Thoughts, the podcast. So, Steve, the last time you and I had a conversation, we were in the hallway in a lovely hotel in Paris, enjoying ourselves. It was late summer. I see a smile coming over your face. Nice croissant. (laughs) (laughs) Some warm, warm butter. It was beautiful. It was a a good cup of coffee. Yes. yes. Wonderful. That worked out great for us here at this podcast. And I want to get to some of the, the players and some of the things that we noticed about them being in Europe as opposed to being in North America, interviewing them. But... What was your debrief like after that? So you come back after that event, Paris for a couple of days, NHL Euro media tour. What's the debrief like? What works? What doesn't work? What do you like? What do you, eh? How was it? You know, it's one of so many events that it's just nice to be back and to see these players in person, to be in the same room, to have them go from room to room and, and for us to be able to talk to them across the table, across a microphone and these player tours whether they're in europe or north america you know the players are there for a purpose they know they're going to be interviewed they know they're going to be talked about they they know that they're going to have to answer the same question maybe over and over but they're willing to do it and sometimes you know when they go to a cool location like a paris or las vegas it's just more appealing um we don't work them day and night so they get their nights off. So I think from a player standpoint, they're a little more relaxed, much more into it. They give more. That's the one thing that Elliot and I know, I think I'm speaking for you here, Fridge, they gave a lot more. They were comfortable. They felt like they were at home. Yes. There. And I think we're also seeing, you know, who comes to these North American or European player media tours or are players with personality who don't mind the microphones in front of them. We don't mind talking about their teams, themselves. And I, I think that's purposeful like in terms of their invite. Yeah, can we do things a little differently? Can we have even more fun with them? I think that's the difference between our player tour in North America as opposed to Europe. Europe, as you know, like, and for your audience, you know, we set up in rooms and it's much more interview style. And there are a couple of things that they do that are fun, but 
Here in North America Player Tour, which is in Las Vegas, there's sheets of ice, they skate around, they do a lot more active things. We also kind of come up with some fun and crazy ideas to put them in fun, precarious situations where they're reacting, not necessarily answering questions. And we get a smile out of them. And sometimes, you know, the smile is, is a lot more meaningful than anything that they say. It mm-hmm. just shows off their personality. And people haven't seen them in quite that light. First of all, the first thing you should say to them is, you're going to Paris. You can answer the same question 36 well, times. No, and, and by the way, I, you know, I think that they know that they're going to. And, and you're right. You know, it's not exactly. If, if you were it's not a Paris, hardship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's I, not a hardship. And by the way, it's not a hardship. You know, we, we had croissants together. No, meaning <laughs> it's not a hardship for anybody, like behind the scenes and behind the microphone. So, And I, I think everybody missed FaceTime. The last few years, everybody missed FaceTime, even, even with some of the reporters. Not all of us, but <laughs> even with some of us. Your job is to promote the sport and increase the interest in the sport. And I think we're all at a point here where we realize that there's a lot bubbling under the surface with player personality, but the team nature of hockey, and there's a lot of good about that, suppresses it. And I think we're all wondering, when are we going to get to the point where the lid gets blown off that? And I think we've been close and we've been close and we've been close, but it always goes back. Would you like to see the NHL become more like other leagues? I fully expect, though, our players to just take the lead of someone that is really comfortable and follow along. And I think we're seeing a shift. I really do. I mean, when I came to the league seven years ago, you know, that was this real struggle. Like, there were no players on social media. There were no players saying anything other than a very pat answer. You know, I, we gave 110% today, and it was a great victory, and tomorrow's another day. I mean, you, I've heard them all, and it's all, all cliche. And, but, but if I've heard them all, you've really heard them all. We're starting to hear players speak honestly, and I think that's one step. But I also think... And we see it all the time. The players are letting us into their world. Like, you know, we see their girlfriends. We see their wives. We see their dogs. We see their homes, their cars. We know the music that they like. We know the players and the people they want to hang out with. They hang out with people. We see that. That's cool. And that's what our fans, that's what people want. Like, they want to get more and more of it. Sometimes they want to say, I'm just like that guy. And then other times they want to say, I am not like that guy, but that's cool because he lives the coolest life and I want to be like that. And there's nothing wrong with that. And it's worked throughout sports, all sports from now to the end of time. I don't understand why it doesn't follow in hockey, but it's going more towards that, which I think is cool. Okay, I have two follow-ups. Number one, who do you look at among current NHLers and say, that's someone who's going to take us to that next level. So I think there's a lot of young players that have great personality that have that ability. I mean, I think you've got Trevor, as you know. Yeah, yeah. so Trevor Zegris has a really strong personality. Everybody loves him. He's flashy. He's fun. He wants to do things, you know, active on social media. You know, Cal McCarr's got a super personality and can play like nobody's business. I think he needs to get a little more comfortable. But the more he's in front of the camera, I see somebody who has potential. Really? Yeah, I really I w- do. I wouldn't have guessed him, not because he doesn't deserve it, because as you said, he's really quiet. He's quiet, but he, he actually is really well-spoken. And there's been a couple of times, at least in our experience, where he's had some fun. And I think if we allow him and he sees that he can be comfortable, he can be one of those guys. I also think, again, and I go back, like it's the people around them too. Like a lot of the players have the girlfriends who are active or the wives who are active. And they might not right now actively say, I want to do more of that. But I think they know what's going on. And I think that they don't mind. So the second follow-up I had was last year, one of the things I liked was Connor McDavid put his house out there. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of criticism. And my reaction was, look, if people want this, because there's going to be people who get scared away by that. 
And I loved it. I thought it was great. Do you ever reach out to someone and say, hey, that was great. And because you did it, others are going to do it. Well, I think, listen, we, we attempt to try to do more and more of Connor's house or let's go home with Gabe and meet the family and let's do... I mean, we did a whole thing with Huberto before he got traded during the playoffs. It was awesome in his house and hanging out with him for the day. And the reaction is a reaction. I don't like to go back and just say, did you see that? I think they know. I think they also know that they're, we're living in a world where... Everybody complains. Yeah, you're going to have haters. You're gonna, and, and there are going to be old school. That's okay. And, and there's nothing that everybody's going to really, in the end of the day, love. But there is a segment of the population, our fandom, that just loves this stuff, can't get enough of it. And I, and I do think our players are way more willing. And then it's word of mouth, too. You know, it's, I did it. You should do this. It's really cool. You know, it's a little of that as well. And that's player to player. Like, they took us, and I spent the day with them, and they were awesome. And you should have this. And I'm telling you, that helps get the next one and then the next one. But we did it before the pandemic, and we're going to bring it back. We did a series called Skates Off, where we went and featured players at home and in their environment and doing what they like to do, finding out if they had a hobby. or And it was really successful. And in order to get it sold back to teams and players again, we've put together a reel of what we did three years ago, like something we felt was necessary in order to show them you're going to have a good day. It's going to be fun. We're going to do what you want to do. We're not forcing you to go horseback riding when you've never been on a horse before. (laughs) I don't know anything about that. (laughs) Yeah, no, so we're playing into what they love to do and and we're going to bring that back. You know, and again, the last few years killed us. Like we lost a few years where we couldn't, go to somebody's house. We couldn't ride with them to the rink. We couldn't hang out with them. We couldn't sit across from them. So to get that back, and, and that's why Paris was cool and Vegas is cool, is because we're back in the same room as the best players in the world. What you're talking about, about personalizing these elite athletes that fans admire, the, the way I've always couched it is, it's like waking up one day and, and finding out that your neighbor is Spider-Man. It's like you want to have that personal, hey, that's my neighbor, and then this person's incredible uh, at the same time. I am curious about where the NHL is still uncomfortable going. Uh, I thought the Columbus Blue Jackets did a really nice video right around the Johnny Goudreau signing. And there was a lot of um, Josh's there and JD. And it came out great because it's that peek behind the curtain. This is how it gets made. And we've seen this on draft floor videos before that have come out. And people gobble that up. Like, I've always maintained a board Elliot with this pontification about how every general manager owes it to hockey that once they're retired to write the book on all the decisions they made and the decisions they didn't make so everybody can understand how their teams were formed, right? GMs don't do that. Brookie did a book. I wish more GMs would. But are there places where it's still, we're not going there? Like, I, I don't expect you guys to put cameras in arbitration hearings. As much as people may go, ooh, yeah, that's, you know, that's riveting. That's, I don't expect that to happen. But are there areas where the NHL is like, ah, we're not there yet? Given the experience that we've had and, and the fact that we've done probably more than any other league, all access. You know, yeah, the NFL has done a good job with hard knocks. And they did one season where they followed the Arizona Cardinals. But they... There aren't a lot of these all-access shows during the year. So, you know, speaking to that, there are things that are off-limits. Like we, and I think some of it's because our players are just so tough. Once they kind of close the locker room door, off-limits. Like those are things that we just don't tend to, to show. From a standpoint of trades and arbitration and some of the talk, like I could speak to... For instance, when we did the Toronto Maple Leaf all-access show for the whole year, player discussions that are personal, that are very open and honest, it's really up to the team. The NHL will go there if the team 
and, and agrees to go there. So if something doesn't ever materialize, you don't want to say, you know, Elliot was going to get traded, you know, or even have a discussion that should we trade him? Should we get rid of him? When in the end of the but day, you see how fans would love to people see people would that. love like, Elliot traded. I, I agree. That's ju- that's ju- well, there is that. No, there I is that listen, too. Fans but like, would, fans that's would juicy, love that. Steve. I, and, and I agree. Like, there's certain things, and I'm a huge sports fan. There are certain things I would love, and I've I've had the privilege of seeing because we get some raw tape. But there's also things that you need to protect. I mean, there is a business. There's a team. There's an operation to run. And you have to be respectful of that. There, there has to be a wall that comes up at some point. But I think we, as a league, go well beyond language. I mean, things yes. that things that there no- were a lot of things in that Toronto. Like I remember, we had a conversation last year because we had a podcast where we talked about how I thought there was an Amazon hangover with the Maple Leafs, and I'd heard it. Like some yeah. of the things that got, but I think in the long run that was a, I think that was a great program. Oh, I Toronto- and I heard there's other teams that want to do it. No, so and I think the Toronto Maple Leafs were amazing. Like yeah. I think that they went further than we ever expected on certain things that made the show. Like there were moments where we would put in, and we'll do this a lot, like we'll put something in a cut and send it off and expect a reaction, good or bad. Like, you know, and nine times out of 10, it was, it was good. Like, wow, you know, and I think that says a lot about across our league. Strategy is another thing that we, we have issue with. Mm-hmm. I actually want more and more, and we've talked a lot about this for this year, like go to places that no one ever goes. Like I want to know what's on the, you know, the wall in the coach's office and why. You know, I want to I see things behind the scenes. I want to know how the whole business of the team operates too. Will that be coming back? Like I heard there were teams, I heard there were some teams that said this is not for us, but I heard you had several teams that said we, we would like to do this. We, we did. So there, there are quite a few teams that are interested. Our issue, and I think I've said this to you, Amazon, the timing last year, they weren't ready mm-hmm. uh, because remember the season went long and mm-hmm. we would have had to like a week later turn around and start doing it again. And then this year, they actually had other series that they had committed to. Arsenal, I think they did, and and another sport. And so we're constantly going to them. There are teams that have raised their hand saying we would welcome. And believe me, that's quite a commitment. It's an entire season. But teams are willing. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you they're not. And we are constantly going back to Amazon saying, let's do it. It's not going to happen this year, but we'll we'll shoot again to see if it could happen for for twenty three twenty four. The draft. Mm-hmm. Are we going to Disney World? Uh, <laughs> you want to go to Disney World? What do you? What, you like Space Mountain or nah, something? Hey man, who doesn't like Disney World? Well, yeah. And I think potentially that could be one of the greatest ideas ever. All right. So you know, I, I will just say this: in our travels and our event team, the best in the world by far. We've literally been everywhere. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and tell you we haven't, but Disney World is one of those places. We have a new partner in the United States and in ESPN, a Disney company. So it would make a lot of sense if at some point we do an event on that property. And remember, they have a property in Florida. They have a property in California. Mm -hmm. You know, it's definitely one of the places among many that we're, we're looking at and, and we'll explore, whether it's a draft or something else. I mean, you know, they have a lot of property there. If anybody could see, Elliot, your face right now is the, it's turning. turning yeah. Yeah. I, I just will say this. No, we're not going to play an outdoor game there. But I'll also say Florida is a place that would be super cool if we ever could play. And one of the things that we're always looking at, you know, is where are those next set of games yeah. and how, how can we make these games and the things that we do at the league as cool as they can be, as unique as they could be, as different as they could be. And so this winter we've commissioned a study to go to Florida to see whether or not it is feasible. We had a study done, it was done years ago, that, that actually gave us negative results. Yes. I remember um, the commissioner talked about it. It was not favorable. 
but we we think that there's a lot of advancements in in the way we do things in a way we can do things and so we're gonna we're gonna go this winter and take a look at it because you know doing an outdoor game in florida pretty cool Mm -hmm. uh, you know if we could pull it off so I gave you two answers to your Disney question. You want to draft a Disney, huh? I think it's a fantastic. Well, I, I just I heard that it had been discussed, so I think it's a, and that's kind of where you know you as you talked about. We've been gone for two years, which in a lot of ways gives you an opportunity to think, and 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 you know we know you have a really creative brain. You'd like to push the envelope. What is the thing on your desk right now, or in your head right now, where you're saying this is new, and I want to do it? It's hard to say because, you know. Like, I love the Tahoe game. I thought that was great. Yeah, so we, we, thank you. We loved it. I mean, there were there were some sun issues that, you know, are talked about. And, and I really get up so upset about that. We rolled the dice a bit. We wanted to do the game during the day. It was really important just because of how incredible that setting was. And, you know, the irony of it all, we were there for three weeks and clouds, clouds, more clouds, clouds. And the one moment that the sun decided to come out happened to be the worst moment possible that being said we got to do the game during the day when the sun was setting and at night and it was great our commissioner gary batman truly believes that if we're going to do an outdoor game we should be doing it in front of our fans our fans love these games you know one of the great exercises that we ended up doing during that lake tahoe experience was to go to other places and explore and see where where we could pull off, you know, an outdoor game with no fans in a in a spectacular setting. But I do think it's not on the top of the list, and it's certainly not on our commissioner's list. And then, you know, themes, whether it's theme weekends, theme games. Like what kinds of themes are we talking about? You know, there, there's been a lot written about original six tournaments. There's a lot of different ideas, but neutral site games, bringing teams together from, you know, California together and playing a weekend turn, like doing things that are just feel a little more thematic Canadian weekend where, you know, with the Canadian division, it opened up our mind. Like, should we be doing things that are, you know, weekend oriented, day oriented, 24 hours of, of hockey has been discussed. Like, could you pull that off, start in Europe and in the West Coast, play games for 24 hours um, hmm. consecutively and have it all on television. You know, looking at all these different cool ideas that our fans could lean into, just a little different. You Give know? us one we actually could see. What could we see? I like 24 hours. By I way. like that, I like too. I think that's great. You know, and I think that's very doable. I, I really do. Because I think on the West Coast... There are certain markets that would welcome a one-in-the-morning game. I mean, we happen to be in Las Vegas. How cool would it be to play a game in Las Vegas on a Friday night that started at one in the morning? Like, that would be, I think, a huge hit. So, depending on where we are and... People in the city don't need another reason not to sleep, but that's a very oh, interesting but, idea. Oh, but, it's, a, it's a great idea. But imagine idea. a fan yeah. like yeah, who, who like gets up... You know, first game's three in the morning because it's coming from, you know, like, I just think there's something there and we'll explore it. You know, people are always questioning, are we doing too many outdoor games? Is it done? Which are classic, you know? No, no. We we still think that, and, and we see it locally. When we come to town, when, oh, yeah. when, when the circus comes to town, it's huge. It's, it's a local awesome. event. It's you know, we're doing two games this year, Boston and Carolina, and just early ticket sales like like that. Still, Boston's had numerous outdoor games. Fans eat it up, and we love it, and it's still great for the sport. And it just it gives you a couple of moments through the year that feel different and feel special. And and if anything, we emphasize to our broadcast partners like you got to make it different, you got to make it big, mm-hmm. and that gives us reason to do that and we'll just continue to look for those opportunities okay i'm gonna throw a dart here um <laughs> so i love sports crossovers yep okay so winter classic fenway awesome hockey game I, like I, I love stuff like that how important is it to you to look to do partnerships with other 
sports leagues. And, and here's a dart I'm going to throw here. Because the lion's share of times I've come to Vegas is to watch UFC. Yep. Has there ever been a conversation with the UFC to, just to see if there's any common ground? Our athletes love hockey. Hockey loves your sport. So there's been, with UFC and MMA, a few athletes that we found love hockey. Yeah. And our guys, you know, love MMA. You know, Austin went yep. with Bieber and oh, yeah. big events too. And, and we welcome that. Like if we can get our guys to go to those big events, it's great. I mean, the world saw that Austin walked in that day. That's great stuff. We, we constantly talk to the other leagues. There's a lot of sharing ideas, sharing materials, and how do we work together? Just by fact, like Fenway Park, when we do a deal, we're doing a deal with Fenway Sports Group, the Boston Red Sox, Major League Baseball for the use of Fenway Park. So there's always this dynamic, and maybe more so than other leagues talking to us, there is this dynamic because we use their stadiums, we use NFL stadiums. You know, we really are leaning into those athletes in their sports that are fans of ours, you know, especially if they're hockey. We did, we did the most, I would say it lasted 12 seconds. It was supposed to be bigger. LeBron James was shooting his barbershop show for HBO, and we said, what if we bring the cup to the show and they're like oh my god amazing that would be fantastic and we thought it was going to be this incredible thing we sent the cup keepers over we bought the whole thing we put the cup there lebron walked in and literally like looked at the cup and then walked away and we thought he was going to do this whole thing and it ended up being that that 12 second piece of video i think got like four million hits you know, and he just looked at it. You know, he really didn't do much with it. So we're always looking for those connections and, and you know, and trying to figure out how we can take advantage of their audience because, you know, I'm a big fan of whether it's celebrity, whether it's music, whether it's other sports. You know, that audience of, of theirs comes over to us for a half a second and stays, we win. And what gets them to come to us? And sometimes it's just their people sharing our experience and it gives their fans maybe a moment to check out hockey. And, you know, we always are striving for those opportunities. Two on two games in a giant octagon. So, so I, 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 there was a point. One NHL player and one <laughs> UFC fighter. You guys, against right. Another NHL player and a you UFC fighter. You guys go back fighter. and forth. Like, just, I, I love to, listen, what I like about talking to you guys is your ideas. So, come on. What do you got? Well, let me, let me ask Well, I remember you were supposed to do a crossover last year at All-Star Game with the Pro Bowl, right? And then COVID nixed all that. And we thought we had a couple of things that we could have done together. Yeah, the protocols didn't allow us to share the same playing yes. field. Yeah. Eh, you know, one day. Tell us a little bit about what you're thinking about with Fenway. I think one of the challenges that we had or have is we're going back to a place that we've been before. And so I mean, a reaction initially was like from our fans, oh, Fenway again. So we were like, how do we make this really different, really cool and unique? And so one of the things we immediately investigated was the orientation of the rink. So typically in a baseball stadium, most of our fans know that the rink goes from third base to first base. But Fenway has a thing called the Green Monster. Mm -hmm. And that thing hovers out there in left field. And it's pretty awesome. So we are going to change the orientation of the rink. First time we've ever done that. And I think it's going to be really cool looking where we go from third base to second base and the green monster is directly behind the rink. So we're going to come off on every shot of the green monster back onto the, our playing field, essentially. And then we're going to take advantage of what is normally in Fenway and put a very unique spin on baseball meets hockey by taking, essentially, and all I'm going to say is taking the baseball diamond that exists 
where it typically does in Fenway, and we're going to move it. And we're going to move it. And we might make it ice instead of dirt. And so we'll have some fun with baseball meets hockey and the way we orient to the rink. And I think when people tune in, they'll be a little like, just a minute, did they move the baseball? What? Like, it'll be a moment of, wow, that's, that's different. So we're, we're excited about that. Baseball on skates? Yeah, well. Is that what you're proposing um, here, sir? I, I, think, I think there will be a level of if, if you wanted to put a bat in somebody's hands, they could, put it this way, they could skate the bases. What do you want to do with the Green Monster? So you can hit the highest on the Green Monster. Let's do it. There's your competition. I've never been to Fenway. I've yeah. always dreamed of going to Fenway. Obviously, to see a baseball game, but if my first Fenway experience is hockey, that's fine with me, too. Yeah, you know, I'm a lifelong Yankees fan, and they in Boston now know that. They're going to pelt you with food. No, you know, we, we actually joke about it. They, they are so cool about it. But I will say, it's awesome. It's fantastic. It's, I, it's a really cool spot. The CBC still had the rights when the, one of the last game was there, and we did an Inside the Green Monster Tour, and it was it was really one of the highlights of my career. You know, one of the things the solar eclipse, remember that, reminded us is people will travel to have unique experiences, see things, and be part of events. We all saw how people congregated in areas that had the best view, the best safe view. And they all had to stay somewhere, and many used Airbnb. I want to share something with you I was once told. One of the wisest things you can do when you host an Airbnb is find events in your area and let people in that community know that your place is available for out-of-towners. Many did this with the Eclipse. You can do this as well. Your home could be an Airbnb. Seriously, it doesn't have to be your whole place. I mean, it could be. You'd be surprised what people are looking for when they travel. It's simple and it's really, really smart. You might want to think about it. You could be sitting on a whole new revenue stream. Concerts, sporting events, conferences... People are always on the move. Your home may be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.ca slash host. Quick story. So my wife's an artist. And one day she's finishing up a piece. And I said to her, how do you, and I'm always curious about this, specifically with musicians, but for artists as well, how do you know when it's done? How do you know when it's finished? And she turned around and she said, Jeffrey, art is never finished. It is only abandoned. Um, which was great. And she had a good That's laugh deep. about it. Yeah, it's great. Eh? Okay. So I'm curious, from ideas in the past, yeah. things that have been abandoned that you would like to bring back. Like I was going down a YouTube hole the other day watching old, you know, Hockey Night in Canada intermission features and Showdown. and all that. Like, Showdown like, oh, is awesome. Like all of that. Like what has been abandoned that you'd Showdown. like to I'm with you now I could tell you this we tried in Chicago so it was probably 2018 we tried to keep players for another day and do it did you showdown yeah showdown would be fantastic oh. showdown was awesome I mean that's great I watched all the old ones I, I thought wow this would be so cool we could get this done like yep. within a morning we could shoot it all you know the difference as somebody pointed out back then you know back then you could shoot that and no one would ever there wouldn't be a peep tweet it <laughs> there wouldn't be a peep yeah. and like it would be a lot harder these days to do something that significant and keep on putting it out there listen to your wife's point nothing is ever dead ever you know i i find myself as you guys do so many times during a course of a day being reminded of something that just kind of hits something hits a nerve that like makes you think of an idea you've had in the past and all of a sudden you start talking about it again and and you never know with with a new twist with something just a little different something that didn't work or was abandoned Mm -hmm. could work when you retire from this job what do you hope to say that you got the NHL to do? The goal has always been the same. It's just to keep this thing growing. I'm not giving up here. You've got something in there that you really <laughs> want to do. 
the, the old expression, you're only as good as your last show. I, I agree with that. So you want to make your last show the best. You definitely want to end on a high note. You know, we've talked about this before. My last job, 20 years of the job, and I walk away in probably one of my weirdest moments. I'm not going to say my lowest moments. I did the Miss Universe Steve Harvey moment. Yeah. You know, that was like, really? <laughs> so there's the exact opposite of like walking away on the high note. I walked away on a, on a weird note. So here, uh, you know, you want to walk away with something that you're just super proud of. And I'm not sure what that's going to be. You, you're trying to get me to I say something. I am trying to get you to say something. You're right. I don't know, I don't know what's going to be. I don't. But it's going to be cool. Will the World Cup of Hockey be played in Vegas? So the World Cup of Hockey will not be played in Vegas. So I'm going to make a big statement. You got some news here. Okay. The reason being is uh, because we're so European-oriented and based, there's going to be a need to play on the East Coast. Okay. So eventually, one day, sure. But um, we're looking exclusively right now on the East Coast. We're looking at venues. Um, There's still... Quite a lot to be done. Back in Toronto or somewhere else this time? Uh, Toronto is one of the cities that's under consideration. Okay. But we haven't made decisions yet. We have gone and actively talked to, I want to say, six or seven cities right now. There are going to be potentially two segments of World Cup of Hockey. One will be, I don't want to call it a preliminary round, but there'll be, oh. a, there'll be an earlier round that will get to the semifinals and the finals. So there'll be two locations, essentially, a semifinal and a final location, and then an earlier location. Okay. We have not decided. We haven't, I'm telling you, we haven't made any decisions, mm-hmm. except that where we go, it will be an East Coast city, so that narrows it down a bit. Okay. And we've told all of the particular venues that we've gone out to that we want to put you on hold, but we're not going to engage yet. There's still some work to be done. Okay, and P.K. Subban, we are talking about engaged players before. P.K. is a hugely popular figure. Mm-hmm. What's his future with the NHL? Because pretty soon he's going to take some broadcaster's job, and I'm just hoping it's <laughs> not going to be me. Listen, P.K., we, talk, we started talking about players and personalities, and he's always been one that's thought about him himself and, and been comfortable getting out there. You know, so we're, we're actually quite excited because we, we've been awarded the production at NHL Original Productions to produce PK's Places, which is the Peyton Manning hockey version of Peyton's Places. So um, we're going to begin production this fall. And when we started and got the job, PK, whether he was playing or not playing, still going to host the show and we're going to work around his schedule. And actually the show doesn't air until May of 2024, believe it or not. So we have... So it needs that much pre-production? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Yeah, it's incredible. Carolina, what are you doing? And also you got something cooking with All-Star in Florida too. Yeah, so the other Stadium Series game, again, doing something we've never done before. And we've had people on the field we had the cadets but we're we're gonna make the field a party zone and we're gonna bring fans on the field we've never done it before and we're gonna we're gonna have a party going throughout the entire game music and you know just activities that just make the whole thing really come to life we're seizing on the fact we're playing at NC State, you've got NC State, North Carolina, Duke, you've got a lot of college kids all in school at the time of our game. So we're really going to play into a big college weekend. We're going to do a concert on Friday night in the arena. We're doing a college basketball game, which will be actually broadcast on ESPN on Sunday. So it's a huge sports weekend. And I think that's a unique aspect of how we're treating the Stadium Series game in Carolina. Could be a lot of fun. And then in Florida, uh, we're, we're taking over the beach. I mean, the uniqueness of that particular All-Star game will be, you know, the sun and the heat meets the ice and the cold. And But, you know, we're, we're literally taking over all of Fort Lauderdale Beach. We're going to do concerts. We're going to do a fanfare, which is typically in a convention center. Going to do it all on the sand. And we're also going to do and bring back the, the events that we had 
in Vegas that were outside the arena. We're going to do those in Florida so as well. So with the fountain, with the Bellagio fountain. Yeah, we're going to, we've got a couple of extremely unique ideas. One is a work in progress that if we pull it off, I think our fans will talk about it for a long time. It involves um, something that's very Florida, something that is that area, but not beach necessarily. How's that for a clue? And, and it involves an animal. <laughs> a dolphin. <laughs> no, no, no. Not a Miami don't dolphin? Go, don't go in the water. Don't, I mean, go in the water, but don't go in the ocean. Come on. Put it this way. I'm trying to figure out how to incorporate alligators into our outside event. And we're getting there. You get it. So there's a moat around the rink. I, I don't want to get into the details. But someone's got to shoot a puck into an alligator's mouth? <laughs> Put it this way. Put it this way. Elliot is much closer than Jeff. Wow. I mean, these are the kind of things that I think would be fun. There's a lot of work to do. A lot of work to do, but... This reminds me of when I was a Cub Scout. They trained you how to defend yourself against certain animals. And I was like... (laughs) If an alligator attacks you, I'm like eight years old. I'm like, if an alligator attacks me, I'm going to lose. But okay, humor me. (laughs) They said you're supposed to run in a zigzag. And also, the alligator can close its mouth with incredible force, but can't open it. So you have to jump on it when the mouth is closed. Like, I'll get right on that. So it's very interesting that you remember that from when you were eight years old. Oh, I remember lots of stupid stuff. I can't remember the name of my family, but I, I can remember <laughs> stuff like what to do when atta- being attacked by an alligator. Yeah, we want to have some fun with this and, and other things. We're going to definitely also do something on the beach um, like we did on the Strip. It's so iconic. Uh, the creative minds at the NHL are getting together. We're in that process now, but that's the direction we're heading. I have to say, if you do get a skill uh, event where you have to shoot the puck into an alligator's mouth, people will be talking about that for a long time. How about if it was a meat puck? Wow. (laughs) Frozen meat pucks, Elliot. Frozen meat pucks. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, note, I can say nothing more. Well done, Steve. I don't know how anybody follows it up with the next question, but let's go ahead. Ah, Elliot, yet another start to another week. Now, other than the 32 Thoughts podcast, there's eh, not much else really to look forward to. Jeff, you are forgetting about Montana's Daily Deals. Their chicken wings are double-dusted in-house, cooked to a golden crispy finish, and they're half price on Mondays. Uh, half price? Half price every Monday and sauced however you like them. Well then, head on down to Montana's Barbecue and Bar for half price wings every Monday. The only other thing exciting about Mondays. Some conditions apply. Visit montanas.ca for details. You know, one of the things the solar eclipse, remember that, reminded us is... People will travel to have unique experiences, see things, and be part of events. We all saw how people congregated in areas that had the best view, the best safe view. And they all had to stay somewhere, and many used Airbnb. I want to share something with you I was once told. One of the wisest things you can do when you host an Airbnb is find events in your area and let people in that community know that your place is available for out-of-towners. Many did this with the Eclipse. You can do this as well. Your home could be an Airbnb. Seriously, it doesn't have to be your whole place. I mean, it could be. You'd be surprised what people are looking for when they travel. It's simple and it's really, really smart. You might want to think about it. You could be sitting on a whole new revenue stream. Concerts, sporting events, conferences. People are always on the move. Your home may be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.ca slash host. Ask my last question, sort of themed the same way I asked my first one, and that's about hockey in Europe. And I asked Bill Daly this question when we were in Paris. I'll ask you the same thing in Vegas. One of the great things about 
hockey internationally is every country has its own hockey culture, has its own way to cheer, its own way to celebrate, its own way to commiserate, its own way to, to do hockey. From your experience and what you've seen, is there something that the NHL can borrow from any of the European countries, how they consume it, how they promote it, game operations, fan engagement, all of it. Is there something that you look at and say, why not here? You know, we talk about game presentation in various ways, and it's one of the departments that I oversee at the league, and we're really proud of what we've done in our arenas. Overseas, it's actually quite unique. In some ways, the game presentation is driven by the fans. The fans come to a game and they're ready to sing together, to chant together. They're very organized. Um, and I admire that. I think it's, it's incredible. It's in hockey, it's in soccer or their football. And I think it's something that we're starting to see a little more in our buildings. Um, you saw it in Colorado with them all singing to the Blink-182 song. You, you're seeing it in other arenas. See in Vancouver. In Vancouver. Section. Yeah, so I think there are things that, like, we should seize on, you know, based on how Europeans appreciate sport. I also think what you're going to see in future years in the States and in Canada, the gambling aspect of fan participation. Mm -hmm. It's quite high in Europe. It's a part of their culture. It's a part of every single sporting event, not necessarily in hockey, but you see it in, in their other sports, especially when we've gone to Europe, gone to China, our level of game presentation, and it's a little bit of acquired taste, the, the sort of the constant music, the videos, the, the game play. Like, they're not that used to, to that, where we're used to, you know, these sort of nuances in game pres that are unique and everybody in the NHL expects. But over there, it's like, what do you mean? You got to follow the moving puck and is it under one, two, or three? Like, those are things that they're not used to. You know, what I love about going to Europe is the attention that our star player who's from that country gets. It's like unbelievable. It's beyond rock star status. You do not see that here. You know, our guys can come to the, to the rink. They can walk down the street. In Europe, if you're from Finland and you're playing in the game in Finland, you're mobbed. It's crazy. It's, it's fantastic. I don't know. It's a little different. But we want to continue, like, growing the game in Europe, going to different countries, mixing it up, whether it's a – player media tour, or it's a game in Paris. You know, we, we're looking at London. We're looking at all, all over Europe. Okay, so here's my last one. With all the reams of data you see about fans, what's the biggest challenge that not only hockey, but all these sports face in North America as we go into our next generation of fans? Yeah, I, I just think it's attention spans and pace of play and, and where they consume like the younger fan is going to watch a game on a telephone and be fine with that. Like it's giving people more and more and more information and hitting them everywhere. Like again, in my mind, gambling, I mean, I brought that up, but I do think it's a pathway to fandom. And I think more and more people are into it. Like I just, just naturally hear people talking about, fantasy and and bets they have and prop bets and more than I've ever heard before because it's so prevalent. And I just think if you, my philosophy is if you have a bet, you're probably going to watch the bet. You're not going to find out the next day whether you won. And so we got to seize on that and take advantage of it rather than kind of run from it because it is, it is a way to attract more and more audience. And that's an area that we can all see as growth. But, you know, you got to get the younger audience, you know, and so that's one of the things that we see that our numbers in, with younger demos are pretty good. In our numbers with women, pretty good. And other sports are struggling with that. You're seeing other sports changing their rules and really doing things that are, in my mind, drastic because they've got to. They, otherwise, they're going to, 
you lose that audience. And, and I think we're, you know, we're at a really good place because our sport is fast players where we get started. You know, if we can build some stars and get people to come along for those, you know, we can really have some growth spurts here. So, you know, we're really bullish on the next few years and what we can do. Steve, it's been great, as always. Thank you. You didn't ask me any. (laughs) Try to drag it out of you. That's NHL's Chief Content Officer, Steve Mayer. By the way, when we put the clip of him talking about shooting, quote-unquote, meat pucks into the mouths of alligators in Florida, I got a note from someone at the league who said, essentially, he won't stop talking about this idea. Would you please stop calling them meat pucks and call them what they really are? And I said, what's that? And he replied, they're called burgers, dummy. For the record, I like meat pucks, and the next time you order a burger, please refer to the patty as a meat puck or a veggie meat puck. Hope you enjoyed the interview. You know, one of the things the solar eclipse, remember that, reminded us is people will travel to have unique experiences, see things, and be part of events. We all saw how people congregated in areas that had the best view, the best safe view. And they all had to stay somewhere, and many used Airbnb. I want to share something with you I was once told. One of the wisest things you can do when you host an Airbnb is find events in your area and let people in that community know that your place is available for out-of-towners. Many did this with the Eclipse. You can do this as well. Your home could be an Airbnb. Seriously, it doesn't have to be your whole place. I mean, it could be. You'd be surprised what people are looking for when they travel. It's simple and it's really, really smart. You might want to think about it. You could be sitting on a whole new revenue stream. Concerts, sporting events, conferences... People are always on the move. Your home may be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.ca slash host.